Welcome back. This is the soft count. It's pretty rare that I get excited about the preseason, but this last weekend was awesome. It's been a long time. I would imagine most people watching football over the weekend enjoyed it. (laughs) It's funny, man. Most of the time people are so upset about the preseason, but what's interesting now is they've added a little bit of urgency by shortening it because now coaches really have to evaluate the the depth of their you know of their depth chart earlier in the preseason and so you and people are like well you don't even see the the starters play and it's like good I don't want to I want to see all the other guys that are trying to fight to make it onto the team and there's only really two weeks to find that out now which is pretty sweet there's a lot to learn from the preseason and I know a lot of people think it's totally useless but to real football people coaches players the preseason is for some players is their whole season they're waiting for the preseason and training camp to try to make a team. Those are the only games they'll play in. Maybe they make the team, and that's still the only games they played in. For some backup quarterbacks, this is the only time of the year they'll play. Their, their starters don't get hurt, and and starters don't like get pulled because you're winning in the NFL. They just finish games. And so for the preseason, for a lot of backup quarterbacks, this is it. And then there's obviously the, the quarterback battles going on in the preseason. The first one I want to talk about is one I'm dead wrong about. I was wrong. I've been I've been joking about this dude's fucking hands. I've been calling him Bo Callahan. Kenny Pickett was fantastic. He looked amazing. And I've seen on TV today a couple uh, a couple like people, different people, Colin and a few other people are like, he was good. I don't know. I just don't see it. And it's like I see it. I saw it immediately. I saw it as soon as I saw it in his eyes. It is interesting to me when people say that like oh he doesn't have it and it's like well if what it is is like the ball leaping out of his hand like a rocket then no but neither did joe burrow i mean joe burrow physically has no a plus traits none he doesn't have an a plus arm he doesn't have a a plus speed he doesn't his body's kind of he gets beat up now he's had an appendicitis there's nothing a plus about joe burrow except his it right he's got it and so everybody talks about it and it's like you, most of the time you see it in their face when they're out there behind under center are they fucking terrified and confused or are they fucking cool and chill even if they're not chill or they're angry and they're fired up as long as they don't look confused or scared and Kenny Pickett looked like he belonged there's been a report out of Pitt that said he was always a bad practice player and it's like well okay fine and he's a gamer. If he plays like that, I mean, he went 13 of 15. It's not like he only did one drive. He went 13 of 15. He was really good, really accurate, really confident. And he looks bigger than I thought. I didn't think he would be big enough. I thought for some reason he just seemed small. But he looked fine out there. His arms are jacked. He's got all the arm, all the arm strength. But most importantly, he is not scared. And that was uh, that was that was good for them. It was really good for them. I mean, he's going to be the guy. And I was dead. I mean, I've never been as wrong about a player as I was about him. I wasn't wrong about Justin Herbert. I just had no – I wasn't sure. I didn't know. Like like a lot of people. Like, I don't know. He might be good. He's, he's physically gifted. But, uh, man, he looked he looked fine. So, it'll be – I can't – you know, you got to start that guy. He's 24 years old. I thought he was 26, but he's 24. I thought he had just turned 25 or something crazy. I was exaggerating because, you know, I'm on a pod. <clears throat> anyway, the other interesting battle going on was in uh, 
Carolina, Baker and Darnold. It looks like Baker sealed it. I mean, he played pretty well. He completed some passes. He started. He's got command. I mean, the thing about Baker, and I think people are going to find out this year, is that he's pretty good. He's pretty good. He's not great. Now, personality-wise, he was a fucking handful. That being said, everybody gets older. And he's going to get older in Carolina, and uh, he'll, he might just be a better dude. I mean, me at 24 years old, excuse me, me at 24 and 25 years old, I was a fucking, you know, I was out of control. I was out of control. I was an out of control dude, partying, just having a good time. Like, I was nice to people, but I wasn't a good person in the sense of, like, responsible or caring. <laughs> you know, I just didn't give a shit. I still kind of don't give a shit. That being said, Baker looked good. His arm seems to be better. His labrum or whatever, he had good zip on the ball. He'll play. He's going to start. Darnold's done. His career's over. Somebody will give him a look somewhere probably, but it's eh, it's over. One of the other things I look at in the preseason is just how organized teams look. How, how structured are you? How well thought is your little scheme that you came out to? Because they're all trying to score a touchdown on their first drive. That's the goal. We need to come out here, and we've got to we've got to drive, you know, scripted, and we're going to score a touchdown, and then we'll get other guys in there, and the script kind of goes off the rails because there's just different people in. But their their goal is to score a touchdown on the opening drive. All these teams, and not get penalties. And so there were just some alarming teams, I think, overall when you look at how they what they looked like. The Cowboys were they had 17 penalties. Now, the average was six. People are like, wow, that's double. I was like, no, that's more than double. <laughs> it's like 17. Like six, a double of six is 12. Like they, they were more than double the average of the team. That was of the whole fucking NFL this weekend. That is embarrassing. And it's a it's a testament to being prepared and organized. That's, that's just being prepared and organized and having your coach. That's coaching. I'm sorry, 17 penalties. Some of those are probably just like lining up wrong. That's coaching. <clears throat> Man. Jerry Jones doubling down on the Mike McCarthy thing. I, I think when they found out that Mike McCarthy had lied about his, like, so he he had created this big story about, I uh, when I lost my, when I left, when I lost my job, because he did get fired, when he lost his job in Green Bay, he and a handful of other guys got together every morning at the crack of dawn and they even had like a camera crew come out and, do, and videotape him doing this one morning like this is how my days are and he talked about like he watched every cowboy snap he did all these things and he's just all over the thing for the last year that's all he does and he turned out that he was like that's a fib you know it wasn't true he hadn't even seen all the cowboys plays and when you watch him play when you see his body i don't care what anybody says they're like oh you're fat shaming it's like yeah i am he's fucking lazy and a slob there's only like, and there's always anomalies, okay? There's always an anomaly. People are like, well, what about this person? And it's like, yeah, one person. A Andy Reid's about the only fat slob I've ever seen. And here's the other thing about Andy Reid. I don't think Andy Reid is a slob. When you look at his mustache, it's so well kept, and per it's professionally kept. He he's got discipline. I think Andy Reid has like health problems that they <laughs> – it's almost impossible for him to lose weight. I don't think his discipline and things, he, you can see it in his everyday life. Like, he has discipline. Look at his fucking mustache. That dude takes care of that thing every single day. And he breathes football. And there's obviously, there's anomalies. But even in those anomalies, I can point to you, I can see it's like, that guy may be fat, but he's not a slob. There's a difference. 
I, I mean, I, I truly believe it. I've been overweight before, and I'm not, I wasn't a slob. So that I do find there to be a fine line. So these of you are getting mad at me about calling somebody a fucking slob. They are. Mike McCarthy's a slob, and his team is a perfect reflection of that kind of attitude and lifestyle. 17 penalties. Sloppy. It was trash. I mean, I would have if I were Jerry Jones, I'd have been like, you know what? Get the fuck out of here. We're promoting Dan Quinn. You're done. We're not even going to go into the season with you. I don't care. I don't give a fuck. I do whatever I want. I'm Jerry Jones, and that was embarrassing. I get it. It's a preseason game. But for some of these teams, the preseason is more important than you think. It creates morale. It creates urgency. It creates vibe. And that is a bad vibe. Trey Lance, I watched him play. I really don't like his throwing motion. I really don't like it, man. And and it's funny. They said all offseason he's been working on it, and it looks more wind, wind up, loopy shit. I I don't get it. He's gonna play well. He'll play, and he's gonna be he's gonna play, and that's fine. He's got a big arm. There's just throughout his entire career, if he throws like that, he's never gonna have a high completion percentage unless it's like super dink and dunk. But even those dink and dunk things can be. He's just always going to be inconsistent with that throwing motion. It'll never be perfect because you cannot replicate looping the ball perfectly every time. So it's always a little different. And it's just, man, yeah, I don't like it. I don't like it at all. But I like his size and his athleticism. I like how you know strong his arm is. I just don't understand why he throws like that. I watched a bunch of guys throw like that over this over the weekend, you know, and it's just it's mind blowing. Look at look at Justin Herbert throw the ball. That's how you throw a football, like form wise. Kyler Murray as well. These two guys both have form. I don't get it. And you know, I made a comment about um, some of these other quarterbacks throwing like crazy. You know, Josh Mahomes and Josh Allen having all these crazy throwing motions, and I compared them to Matt Stafford doing that too. Well, guess what? Matt Stafford has a baseball elbow injury right now. Why? Because he throws the ball like that. Justin Herbert is going to have no problems with his body because of throwing the football. He throws it so that it creates the least resistance on his joints and muscles. There's a correct way to throw a football. 90-degree angle over your shoulder, reaching into your other pocket. That's how you do it. And, you know... They have all these different drills where you go down to one knee, turn your body, and you do this from your knee. You do it from the other side. You repeatedly do it. And these other guys, I don't know what the fuck they were learning as kids, but like the Trey Lance one is fucking wacky. I do not get that one. Like Same with Sam Darnold. Sam Darnold does the same thing. And you've watched what Sam Darnold's career has been. I would argue that Trey Lance and Sam Darnold are almost the same player. Sam Darnold's super athletic and big. But Sam Donald went to the Jets, and Trey Lance went to the Niners. So Trey, Trey Lance will have a better opportunity to succeed. But I think talent-wise, they look really similar. The Ritter dude out of Atlanta looked really nice. I, like I said, he's going to be the starter this year. It won't take long for him to overtake Mariota. He's just younger. He's got more edge to him. That's the thing about him. When you, it's like when you look at these dudes in their face and how serious and intense they are, it's like that's when you know. Kenny Pickett was intense. Ritter looked intense. The kid, we've already talked about the kid for uh, Malik Willis. He was he was sensational. So there's a lot of positives, I think, for some of these teams.
some of the teams I don't look at at all, and I don't even I just pay zero attention to in the in the preseason are teams like Kansas City, and they're so good, and they are really reaching for depth and trying out crazy shit. Everybody's shitting on New England. I thought their scheme looked fine. I thought they looked good. They just had really like a fourth string quarterback in there. They don't even want to play Brian Hoyer because he's the backup. They don't want him to get hurt. But I thought they looked good overall. They scored 21 points. I mean, historically, a team, a good defense would hold a team to 17 points, and you, the other team would have to score more than 17 to win a game. And obviously, the things have changed now. That's like an old Ray Lewis quote. But things have things have obviously changed a lot. But preseason, I'm not super concerned about who wins and who loses. I am concerned about how you look. You can't score no points. Right, All these other games, like even the Giants put up 23 and, and New England put up 21. Atlanta, 27. Detroit, 23. Cleveland, 24. Jacksonville, 13. All these teams looked fine. They looked like they knew they had a plan and they knew what they were doing. Pretty much everybody except for Dallas, I would argue, looked like they were ready to play football this season. And the Cowboys looked like, I mean – if they're that disorganized and they and they continue to get penalties like that, I mean, they're going to be the worst team in the NFL. That'll be crazy. The NFL Top 100 voted on by the players, quote-unquote, aired last night. Excuse me. Uh, they gave you the first 50. <clears throat> There's some interesting things. One, I'd like to point out that I've seen interviews with players in the NFL that are like, I've never once seen a ballad to vote on this shit. <laughs> so it's kind of weird. I, you'll hear my mouse a little bit right now because I'm kind of scrolling through and seeing how uh, some of these different different teams. One of the first things I noticed is that, you know, they got Kirk Cousins ranked as the 99th best player. I would argue that all 32 starting quarterbacks should be in the top 100. The way the NFL is now, it's like if you're even able to start as a quarterback in the NFL, like you're one of the best 100 players in the league because you're playing the most important position. That's obviously not how the ratings are going to go. Not all 32 quarterbacks are on here. Kirk Cousin gets voted in. He's gritty. Whatever. Uh, Kyle Pitts was on the first episode as well, and Kyle Juszczyk, the fullback. I kind of like those guys being on there. CeeDee Lamb came in at 95 not bad. Uh, one thing I so that there wasn't a lot I had to complain about. One of them. So at ninety, Odell Beckham Jr. comes in. Just want to, I just want to point out a couple things here. I hear a lot of people say, "Well, when he went to L.A., he was immediately a star. He was averaging like forty yards a game in L.A. He looked pretty good in the Super Bowl. It's like, yeah, all good." I'm all about Odell. I love him. He's not better than Kyle Pitts. Nobody in the NFL would trade him for Kyle Pitts or CeeDee Lamb. Both guys ranked lower than him. Hell, I'm not sure anybody would think he's more valuable than Kirk Cousins. Like <laughs> Kirk Cousins is a starting quarterback. Odell Beckham's not even signed on a team right now. And he came in ranked 90th. It's like, okay, everybody just loves OBJ. They got Marshawn Lattimore, the corner, at, at 89. So he's bookend by Marshawn Lattimore and Kyle Pitts. It's like, come on. Really? I'm not in love with that. Mac Jones came in at 85. I think a lot of people thought that was funny initially, but it's like, 
like I said, all 32 quarterbacks should probably be up there, especially the ones that made the Pro Bowl. He was a rookie, came in at 85. He's more valuable than most people think. He gets a lot of shit because he's not Tom Brady. But it's like, dude, nobody is. He played just fine. He played real well. I don't know if he's the 85th. I mean, do you think Mac Jones is better than Kirk Cousins? I don't know about that. Wyatt Teller, probably one of the best offensive linemen in the NFL, came in at 83. It's like, okay. Yeah, well, you know, whatever. Let's just double check. James Conner, I don't even, I mean, I don't think he's a top 100 running back or player, let alone even a top 10 running back. I just don't see it. They got they got him. They got James Conner rated above everybody I've mentioned so far. That's insane. Antoine Winfield, that's good. Uh, I like him. I mean, Cordell Patterson is rated higher than everybody I've mentioned. He's at seventy three. I mean, what? <laughs> what the fuck? That's uh, I don't know about that. I don't know about that, guys. What do you think? Cordell Patterson rated above all of those players? I mean, I would argue that OBJ with his busted knee and all that shit. I don't know. Tyron Matthews rated 70. I think that's low for Tyron Matthew. Last year he was 58. This year he's 70. But I'd say this. like, He's somewhere in the top 50. He's easily the best safety in the NFL, even now. I know he's had some injuries. I know he's – I don't even think – I think he's on the Saints now. But I would say over the last five to six years – He's been the best safety. He is always where the ball is. He's fantastic. He's athletic. He's fearless. He gets hurt, but he's small. But he's been, to me, the best uh, the best safety in the NFL for quite some time now. I mean, they got Buda Baker rated over him. Like, give me a break. There's Derek Carr. That sounds about right. Jalen Waddle. I don't think Jalen Waddle's done enough to be the 63rd best player in the NFL. I like him a lot. Russell Wilson came in at 61. I'm not even sure Russell Wilson's stats are better than Mac Jones' stats last year. People just like him more. Matt Crosby, Darren Waller, uh, Kyler Murray at 57. Like, you think he's only 57th best player in the NFL? You guys are insane. So you're telling me every player above him, Mike Evans is better than Kyler Murray? Matt Judon's better than Kyler Murray. <laughs> what? How? There's Alvin Kamara. Did he even play last year? I don't even know. I think he's in some lawsuit. Anyway, there's yeah, there's only a couple of things I I don't I don't love about it. But we'll check back in. See who the number one player is when it's ready. Well, we got to talk about Cheeto Vera. I'm not going to spend a lot of time on last weekend's fights. They were okay. Some of them were some of them were pretty bang, and there were some upsets. I called a bunch of the fights. A bunch of the fights went our way. Uh, I had two. I thought Devin Clark was going to fight better, and I thought that. Well, I thought that Dominic Cruz was going to fight better. But here's the thing I've learned about that: this weight division, the bantamweight. Cheeto Vera is the only dude that has power. All this tip tap bullshit these guys do, Rob Font trying to they like they're scoring points, they're tapping Cheeto. He he takes no damage because there's no power in these strikes. Dominic Cruz was doing his little dancing around and tapping him, tap, tap, tap. Everyone's like, Oh, Dominic's got the first two rounds, and it's like, Yeah, he does. But this is gonna end like Gervonta Davis ends people. Gervonta Davis ended Roley with like an uppercut, counter uppercut that 
and he only threw 24 punches in the entire fight, and it was like a seven-round fight. Cheeto Vera just waited, and as soon as it opened up, he landed a kick that fucking ended Dominic Cruz. It was gorgeous. I don't see anybody in the division that can beat Cheeto Vera. I'm a believer. I'm on his team. I fucking love him. I love him. I've always kind of liked him. I just didn't know what I was watching. I'm like, what is he good at? And what I've found is that he has got more power than everyone now. That's what I believe. He looks like a fucking bad guy and kickboxer or something, like some kickboxing movie. He is fucking terrifying. When they were touching gloves at the middle with Dominic Cruz, he just had this look on his face like, I feel bad for you, but I feel nothing at the same time. <laughs> like, oh, my God, this guy is fucking scary. He's like, you sure you want to touch gloves? You sure? It, it almost looked like Cheeto was like, you sure you even want to do this to Dominic? And then they, they started, and he was great. I don't, I don't, I don't see anybody that can ha- hang with him. He is big and strong and fast, and his kick, his kicks are beautiful. He's fantastic. He just ends people, and he's got a great ga- ground game. Nobody wants to go on the ground with Cheeto Vera. Who's going to stop this dude in this division? Nobody. I think a lot of people want to see the Sean O'Malley rematch. I do too. <laughs> Me too. If Cheeto goes in there and beats the fuck out of Sean O'Malley again, he's only gotten better since that fight, and Sean O'Malley hasn't shown me he's gotten better really not yet that last fight was a super bummer i mean it ended so early but the reality is is like i haven't seen a progression of sean o'malley he's fought a lot of bums and kind of pieced them up and that's been fun but when he finally fought somebody that had some ability you know he lost to cheeto when he had you know that was his first real fight and he lost that fight man he is impressive his post comments are fucking sweet He's pro-weed. He smokes weed. Man, I I fucking... I love him. (laughs) I love him and Charles Oliveira, too. I mean, I I love these, like, South American dudes. Cheeto's like an Ecuadorian or something. He was was sensational. It's the only really fight I cared about. Well, the... the, And then another star was born in Nate Landwehr. Nate Landwehr, the train, he was just so high energy and put on one of the best fights you've seen in a while... He is just like the epitome of like, I'm just a fucking guy that works hard and fights and fuck it. He's like real intense and fun. Put on a great performance, got it done. Those two fights I think we're worthy of talking about. Moving forward, we've got Kamaru Usman and Leon Edwards this weekend. I haven't seen anybody that's been able, that I think can beat Lee, uh, that can beat Kamaru Usman in that division in a long time. I mean, Nate Diaz almost ended Leon Edwards in the fifth round. In the final round, he wobbled him. And I'll tell you this right now. Kamaru Usman has a straight that will send you to the fucking shadow realm. So if he gets caught by Kamaru Usman, it's over. I'm really interested in this fight, actually. I think it's going to be really great. It could also be really boring. If Camaro takes the safe route and is like, I'm just going to pin you up against the fence or some shit and try to wrestle you, that's a possibility. But Kamaru Usman's kind of got away from that. He didn't do that in the last couple of fights, even against Gilbert Burns. He stood there and he's like, I can box with anybody. And he and his jab is really solid. A lot of people in the boxing world will be like, well, his jab's not that good. And it's like, no, it's not. Not not for you guys. But in the, but in the MMA world, his jab is fantastic and it does a lot of damage. 
that's mostly what it is with his jab. His check, his check hook, and his jab. Like his jab will can can drop you. He can land that right on your chin and and drop you for a second. And you get back up. It like doesn't knock you out permanently, but it'll drop you. And there's not a lot of guys with a jab like that. You can even watch somebody like Rob Font, who's got really good boxing skills with a nice, a better jab, really, and he lands it more. But it doesn't have any. It doesn't have that sting that Kamaru Usman does. Kamaru's jab will fuck you up. And he's got a nice one, too. He sets up all the time for that counter straight. It's just beautiful. Um, I, mean, I, I, just, I feel like Leon Edwards doesn't fight enough for me to be able to make a, a confident judgment on what I think he's going to do in this fight. He fights so, like, not often. I don't, I don't know how else to put it. It's just, like, so few and far between. And then when he did, like the, I just have that image of that Nate Diaz fight where I'm like, man, you almost lost. And now you're fighting the best fighter in the world, arguably, in his division. Pound for pound, like, is there a better fighter in the world right now? I know that a lot of people will be like, oh, this guy's coming up. And it's like, yeah, that's fine. But right now, you know, like, no one's proven they're better than him right now. Honestly, the fight, the two fights before that, the co-main event and the one before that. So the one before that's Jose Aldo and Marab Douala Vizish. I can't say that guy's name. Douala I know it's Dwala something, Dwala Vichy, Vili, I don't know. Starts Dwala, but there's like DVA, whatever. Marab, fucking Marab and Jose Aldo. That fight's going to be fucking awesome. Jose's got some of the best stand-up there's ever been in MMA, and Marab is super high energy and strong. And he can wrestle, and he's 14-4, and and he's going up against arguably the greatest MMA fighter of all time in Jose Aldo, who's still fighting, and he is so fucking awesome. It's going to be a great fight. And then the co-main is the fight that I really think is the main. I can't wait to see these guys weigh in. Paolo Costa and Luke Rockhold. This fight is going to be out of control. These guys are so fucking jacked. They're funny. They're goofballs. Like, Paolo Paolo goes into another dimension on the internet. I don't know if you guys follow his Twitter or his Instagram, but he is a fucking clown. I love him. I love him. I mean, even if he believes half the shit he says, I, I don't care. It's still funny. <laughs> I'm like, I'm hoping it's mostly satire, right? Like, he's he's being satirical and people just think he's a dick. But I think it's mostly satire. He seems to be uh, pretty funny. Early prelims, there's a... Um, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Keeling Aori, uh, the Asian fighter, he's pretty fucking dangerous. Getting excited about watching him fight. And then there is also... I think this uh, Leonardo Santos and Jared Gordon fight has a possibility of being a banger, and so kind of excited about that as well. But the main it's it's a main event UFC card, right? The prelim cards. I'm not, like I said earlier in the week, I wasn't super pumped about, but the main card. I mean, they got three fights on the main card that are going to be sensational. So for all my Madden guys out there, we're on the eve of Madden 23. I, like many of you, am a fucking idiot, and I buy it every year. It looks like the only upgrade they made uh, visually is that they you, you can now have a shirt on under your jersey that flaps around. <laughs> it's like, really? When are you guys going to fix these pants that they still wear from 1940 in this video game? Nobody in the NFL wears pants like this anymore. Why the fuck are the pants still like this in this video game? I mean... Players wear basically shorts in the NFL with socks that come above their knees. I haven't seen a player wear pants like this ever in the NFL, except maybe some linemen. It's, I don't get it. But, you know, here's my $100. Thanks. Can't wait to play it.
But I'll be on there. I'll be waiting up at midnight like a fucking idiot, smoking my weed. You know, waiting like a fucking idiot. <laughs> I love it, though. I, I, I love it. I'm getting old. I shouldn't even be staying up that late to play a video game. Back in the day, my boys and I used to go. We used to go to the game store at midnight. The idea of that is preposterous now. Like, my, my PlayStation 5 here doesn't even have a disk drive. Like, what the fuck would I go to the store for? You know, everything's downloaded. But back in the day, like, my boy and I, we'd, you know, I'd call him up at 11. Like, yo, I'm going to come pick you up. And we'd go over there. We'd smoke a fucking blunt. Go to the game store. You know, there'd be a line of people there. We'd all be talking shit before the game. Madden, Call of Duty, whatever game you're getting. Diablo 3. I mean, I bought them all at midnight at the game store. <laughs> I mean, every, every game I wanted, I bought at midnight. I was always there. I had another buddy in Florida. He'd hear about us doing it. He'd go to the Walmart that's open 24 hours. And there's not even a line at the Walmart. You know, he just walks in. He makes them open them up out of the box. <laughs> like, hey, uh, this game's supposed to go on sale tomorrow. It's midnight. I want it now. <laughs> and, you know, but meanwhile, I'm at the game store with a bunch of fucking people I don't know. Locked in a little game store. It's a totally different world we live in. Kind of a bummer. I was texting my friend about that. I was like, man. Sucks getting old. <laughs> it's just not as much fun. And even if it were, like, even if even if I felt like doing those things, it's like I just download it now. You don't even go to the store. Kids that were in their 20s don't even have to do that. They don't even know the, the fun of it. Huh. Anyway, talk to you guys soon. We'll get our fight night pick'ems in. We'll do some more preseason betting this week. I'll let you guys know how Madden is, if it's any good or not. Not sure yet. Talk to you all soon. Peace.